Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Tampa Bay Lightning lost 4 to 3 in overtime, Steve. Uh, you were at the game. I can't I went as a uh, uh, as a as a fan with my my daughters, I guess, who were dressed in their jerseys and pretty excited. So you're the reason they're going to walk in. Well, I, again, I would, not a great record by me and, uh, and, and the kids when we go. I think they should keep us out of the arena. But um, it is true that, uh, you know, at one point, very late in that game, uh, it's 3-1. to one. And then it wasn't. Then it was tied with a few seconds left uh, in regulation. I, I really appreciated the grit that they showed, the Tampa Bay Lightning showed, in, in getting a point out of that night um i thought they they dominated the game for the most part um there were two goals you know one shorthanded that you know sergachev was probably interfered with or was interfered with that he didn't get a call uh then there was a power play goal after that so they're down three to one but uh man that building was shaking it was so loud you know when Braden point scored his second goal and and tied it up and and i just thought they they deserve something uh I mean, the win, obviously, you know, you if you if you fight that hard to get back in a game, you'd like to see you finish it. But um, I don't know. It, it, it felt like they're slowly getting back into form somewhat. I, I mean, do you, do you walk away from that if you're the Tampa Bay line going, okay, you know, play pretty well for the most part. There was a Donnie Brook during the game and a bunch of guys got tossed. Um, or do you say, man, you know, having a little trouble like getting some momentum here even at home with you know because you you end up with one point instead of two i think you take a lot of positives out of this game Mm -hmm. but special teams were awful that's true i mean they they scored the power play the last goal six on four to tie it but yeah they gave up the shorthanded goal and yes sergachev was interfered with but you're still giving up rush chances shorthanded and that wasn't the only rush chance they had shorthanded tonight no, the first goal was that way as well. Your power play looked inept the first few. Yeah, yep. Generating, as a matter of fact, you were giving Vegas momentum. When you're controlling sure. the game, you're getting a power play and giving them momentum. It was That's true. It was not good. Five on five, yeah. they looked great. But it was right, special team. Right. They lost this game because of special teams. That's true. And, and Vegas does not have a great penalty kill, and you have a really good power play, and it looked the opposite tonight. But now, consider how the Lightning have played of recently. There mm-hmm. is a lot of good to take from this, including right. battling back from two goals down late in the third to get a point. Well, that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was outstanding. Now, they didn't have Victor Hedman. Mm-hmm. So you talk about penalty kill, you talk about power play, mm-hmm. like both he, he could factor in both of those. He can. He absolutely can. But, you know, once again, it was a lot of passing around, a lot of bad yeah. passes and, and not enough shooting yeah. in the power play. Yeah. You know, they're not putting enough pucks on net in the power play. Um, right. Now, that being said, the goal to win it, because Kucherov shot the puck earlier and scored a goal, he faked out the entire arena 
to set up breaking great. point. Jonathan yeah. Quick was so far out of his net to block Kucherov <laughs> shooting, and Kuch passed it to point, and it was so wide open. That was yeah. a spectacular play by Kucherov. It really was. And, and and that was all set up because he shot the puck earlier, so Jonathan Quick had to come over and defend him. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things the power play, <clears throat> the, the Lightning's problems in the power play is they get predictable. Yeah. This one's going to Stamkos. It's going to Stamkos. It's going to Stamkos. Well, the goalie cheats over and knows that. You know, and it's important on the power play that Hedman or Sergachev, whoever's running the point, has to shoot from the point at times. And mm-hmm. Cooch has to shoot sometimes. You know he's going to pass mostly. Right. But if he doesn't shoot at all, then they're never going to defend him that way. So he's got to shoot some. And then point in the bumper position, too. So, I mean, it, it's about, you know, a lot of the the movements are predictable, but the shots can't be. It's got to come mm-hmm. from everyone. And and they get stale when they're either trying to find the perfect shot and all they do is pass it around the outside. Or right. when it's the same person shooting every time. Yeah, the when one-timer they, by Stamkos yeah. usually. And, and look... That's the preferable shot on the power play. But if the goalie's going to mm-hmm. cheat over on that the whole time, then he can't be the one shooting it the whole time. Yeah. You know, you kind of got to take what the goalie gives you. Yeah. Kucherov had three points. Um, Braden Point, I, you know, had lost track. But, I mean, the dude, he had two goals. He's got 41 now on the season. <laughs> what a year. He is uh, what tied for second most 40-goal seasons in Lightning history. Really? Wow. Yeah, the only person that's had more forty goal seasons that's point second. The only wow. one to have more is Stamkos with six. That's so impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was good. I mean, all their best players were good. I mean i i don't I don't really fault. I don't know that I really fault. Uh, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to to sort of fault the goaltender when you give up those rush chances. You know what I'm saying? Like. Vasilevsky's well, I mean, done a pretty good job. Now, I, I thought that he the got goals. fooled on one of them. Yeah, I mean, let's go through the goals. Um, the The third goal was what, tipped? Yeah. Stevenson tipped it. No shot. He dove. He, yeah, he dove at it or something. Or... No, I mean, he, it was a shot from the point. But oh, the, the point. Okay, yeah. Stevenson tipped it halfway to the goal. He, that yeah, goal that's tenor, right. No shot there. Uh, that's the right. shorthanded goal, he went for the poke check, missed it, and then it went through his pads. Mm-hmm. He tried to make mm-hmm. a play. But it's a it's a you know a rush, um, and what was the other one? Uh, the other one oh, the, right off the the tip. I mean, they had a lot of pressure, and then they gave up a two on one, and Flurry dove too soon, right? And Bluger waited him out, and then it was an easy pass to an open net because Vasilevsky at that point, once Flurry went by, had to play the puck. shot. Yeah. He had to play yeah. the puck. So, I mean, right. which goal are you going to fault him on? Okay, he missed the poke check on. Yeah. That's the true. shorty? Okay, well, I mean, you know, he, he went for it. He missed it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, if you want to fault him on that one, fine. The other two, what are you going to fault him on? Right. Well, I mean, listen, I they're obviously still in a funk. I mean, this is, this is what, six losses in the last seven games. Again, they mm-hmm. get a point, which is the goal here. You know, you've gotten three now mm-hmm. in your last two games. You'll live with that any day. Um, and Las Vegas for, for who they are. I mean, they're look, they, they were, they're one of the best teams in the Western conference. They're the top team in the Western conference. Yeah. At this point. Now they may not finish right. that way. Cause it's one through eight is really tight in the West. Yeah. They're close. Yeah. But Vegas is a good team. I mean, Jonathan quick played mm-hmm. really well tonight and he hadn't he been playing well most of the year, but I think he's motivated right now. 
after the trade. He wasn't happy right. being traded from the Kings. So, Yeah, they beat him earlier this year. In fact, I was at that game, so they don't always mm-hmm. lose when I go. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I thought Quick was okay. Again, not enough shots, right? Um, they, out, they outshot Las Vegas, but probably could have gotten more pucks on that, mm-hmm. especially in the, in the power play. But considering so, the way they've played of late, there's a lot of good things to take from this game. A yeah, lot. Yeah. I mean, their five-on-five five play was really good. It was good. Um, yeah. I thought the officials lost control of the game, and that's a shame. Yeah, um, it got ugly. It, it did. And, and when you don't call penalties, mm-hmm. that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And officials want to say they don't want to alter the game. by When you don't call penalties, then players mm-hmm. take it into their own hands. Yeah. And it gets ugly. And, and, and you know, I, I get there's fighting in hockey, but you have the, 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 the whole Donnie Brook, the five, five on five fighting, whatever. And then you sit around for 15 minutes while the officials try to figure out how they're throwing everybody oh, out. When brutal. all they did was throw everybody out. It's like, how, why did it take you 15 minutes to do that? <laughs> it's brutal. I know. It's awful. And, and it's yeah. all their fault because they, they stopped calling penalties. Mm-hmm. And so both sides started taking liberties. Right. And, and, and it's not one team or the other was at fault at it. They both took right. liberties because the officials refused to call penalties. You know what you, it felt you like? You ruin it, the it, game it, when you do that. It felt like a playoff. You'll see that in the playoffs sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. That that they, you know they don't want to decide you know the game with whistles and and, mm-hmm. and, and power plays. And I get all that, but you got to call what's there. I mean, you got to call what's obvious, mm-hmm. you know. And and you're right. That led to kind of an ugly time, and and uh, it did take them. It seemed like it was about ten minutes before they sorted all that out. It did, and and you know if you're a customer in the building, oh, it was brutal. Like, like that's awful. Yeah, no, it's, it was awful. awful. We're looking at our watches going, this is going to be like a three-hour game. And then they resume playing. They don't even tell you what happened. I don't understand the NHL officiating when it comes to that. Like, they'll call yeah. the penalties early, and then they stop calling it because they don't yeah. want to give one team too many pe- No, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. Call it. Right, sure. But Control the game. And, and boy, that's about as hot as I've seen Stamkos towards an official. Well, and, yeah. and you know, I mean, that was a—I don't want to say a dirty play to Cooch. Yeah, but it was—it's—I mean—that's a penalty, right? And Stamkos deserved the penalty he got called for crosscheck. He deserved. Sure, that. he did. Oh yeah, just like Maroon deserves the penalty after he got hit late. Mm-hmm. That guy deserved it. Maroon deserved the penalty, but the the fight broke out because the officials had lost control of that game because that's they didn't right. call a lot of penalties earlier that were penalties. That's right. Yeah. And it's it's a uh, shame. It was, it's a shame because it was a really good game, and then that it was entertaining as hell. It really, it, to me, it felt like a playoff atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, anytime you score two goals in the final, you know, what couple minutes, and you know, when you pull the goaltender and you get two goals that way. I mean, that was you don't see that very often, but it showed it showed a lot of heart. I, I mean, that was the thing. Like they were, they battled pretty hard, you know, in that thing. And um, but entertaining game. Anyway, they get they get a point, and so that's. Like I said, that's now three mm-hmm. uh, in the last two games, which is what they got to do. They got to keep climbing their way out of this. You know, and, then, one and this point weekend now you've got a back to back at home, but you got the Blackhawks who may finish mm-hmm. last in the league, although they've knocked off a couple teams recently. And you got sure. Winnipeg, who's right now holding a wild card spot in the West, but they're scuffling. I mean, you've sure. got and and Chicago's going to be on a back to back. They play in Florida Friday night, then come to Emily Arena Saturday. Yeah, and you need Winnipeg, to win that game. Winnipeg plays in Florida Saturday and. Then an Emily on Sunday, so the Lightning 
are going to get the Blackhawks on a back-to-back, and then they're going to be on a back-to-back on Sunday, but so is their opponent, Winnipeg. So mm-hmm. you got to – you have – if you're the Lightning, you should be walking away with four points this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, and if you can do that, man, you're right back You're right back on track again, mm-hmm. you know? You got healthy at home, which is what you wanted yeah, to do. Buffalo's so. starting to scuffle behind you. It mm-hmm. looks like Florida may be the fourth-place team in the division at this point. It's true. Um, I think Buffalo got waxed pretty good tonight. I didn't. Yeah, mm. they got beat ten to four. Woo! By wow. Dallas. Wow, ten ten burger. Yeah, that's not good. Uh. Uh-uh. Well, I haven't. You know, I think it's our. Fir- it might have been our first regular season game for, with the kids, the second overall. Um. So I think I'm one and one. <laughs> Better stay away till the postseason. I don't know what's going on, but uh, uh. But we it, it really entertain. You know what the Lightning do so well too, and I for- had forgotten about this because I hadn't been there in a while. Is just their whole game management, right? The pregame, um, you know, the the way they get the crowd, you know, involved, um, the videos, you know, like everything they do is is just so so well run. And of course, the radio broadcast, Steve Versnick, I can't can't leave that out. Although I'm not listening to it while I'm in the arena. Why not? Um, you can. Well, Did you I, know that I, you can? I can. I I can. Right. Right through your cell phone in real time without any delay. I didn't know you could do it without a delay. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, you go through the Lightning app, and there's a uh, function there that says listen listen uh, live to the radio yeah. call, and you can listen That's to your seat. It. So you got to bring your Bluetooth headphones. But Next time, I'm going to bring the headphones, yeah. You can hear Next Phil go, oi, 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 every time someone makes a bad pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the uh, That's right. The kids, uh, the kids got, they were on the big screen dancing around. Like, it was, you know, it was fun. It was a good time. It's always, I mean, the Lightning do such a great job over there. That's why I was telling telling my wife, I said, you know, this is why this is such a great organization. I mean, just, they have a good product. They just get it. You know what I mean? And and it's fan-friendly. Um, and like I said, even though, you know, overtime hockey is kind of a crapshoot three-on-three or whatever, and they didn't get the win, it, it was just entertaining as hell. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. Uh, we're gonna we got some mailback questions uh, we'll get to as well, um, and I want to talk about Levante David uh, and and uh, what's going on there. But first, I want to remind you guys how to save some money on your electric bill. It's May Electric Solar. They're a family owned business. They've been operating and installing solar electric systems now for 13 years. There's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. Here's what they do: they guarantee their workmanship with a 30 year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is what they call the May difference. If you visit the Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They um, conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install to fit your needs. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, and that's important. So all those guys up there on those panels on the roof, those are Billy Mays guys. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar. Here's the number, 727 819 2862. You can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your appliances. It's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, so we're, we're heading into the weekend now, and, you know, by, what, next Wednesday, the Bucks have to be compliant uh, with the salary cap to $224.8 million. They've made some cuts, obviously, um, some releases, you know, Donovan Smith, Leonard Fournette, Cam Brate. Um, I think there's some 40-something million dollars um, still over the salary cap. So there there will be more 
potentially more releases um, and certainly restructures, right? They'll be looking at guys that signed recently with the team um, to lower their base salary, pay them in bonuses, add some voidable years. Talking about people like Chris Chris Godwin, Ryan Jensen, um, Carlton Davis, you know, those guys uh, had recent deals, so they may be coming at them for some restructures. But, but believe me, Mike Greenberg and, and his guys uh, and girls will, will get them uh, compliant to the salary cap. It looks like, and this is true with Levante David, um, and I chatted with his agent a little bit, uh, but really for all the Bucks free agents, they're all going to make it to free agency, right? And there are definitely players. they got like 25 of these guys that are going to be free agents, unrestricted free agents, and there's you know others involved as far as restricted and exclusive rights and all that, but um, there's a lot of guys that are going to hit the market, and it's it's merely you know, a function of where they're at because of the three years with Tom Brady and the bill is due. And we, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast that, you know, when you, when you re-sign veterans and add players and, you know, restructure contracts to add players and add voidable years, when those players go, those voidable years, that the money that's left, that dead money that comes right now. Uh, and so they're going to take their medicine, you know, and, and it limits the kind of free agent that they can get Jason Light has said we're going to go bargain shopping and all of that. There are, though, a couple of free agents that they absolutely would love to have back. And I I think the, you know, the list would probably start with Jamel Dean, who is, uh, you know, rated in the top 10, certainly by most people when they look at all the free agents throughout the league. Um, Jamel, they did not franchise him because that would have guaranteed him $18 million. They would like to sign him to a long-term deal, which would help them with the salary cap. But if you franchise him, then the negotiation begins at eighteen million a year, and and he would probably get less than that, um, you know, on a on a per year basis as a free agent. Now, once these guys hit free agency, there's absolutely no guarantee that you're going to get them. But you're just now you're just one of thirty two teams that are bidding on them. Although Jamel knows what he has in Tampa Bay, he knows the defense, he knows Todd Bowles, and it works for him very well. And so they're not just going to you know throw their hands up in the air. But but they got to find some more money, and not just to get cap compliant, but also fit guys like Dean under it. The other one is Levante David that they would like to have back, and I, I've you know confirmed uh, that they have told Levante that he had an excellent excellent year last year. You know it's amazing just what a solid player he's been throughout his career. But injuries were starting to to be a problem for him, uh, and then last year, um, you know he really committed to. You know, to to eating right and uh, doing all the stuff he could do off the field, and he had one of his best years statistically and otherwise at an age when most players are done. You know, and he I think he missed all of one defensive snap, if you can believe that, just one play. I think out of the entire season, uh, you know, did he really miss on defense there, and. And, you know, he put up the numbers. And, and listen, Levante has said, I want to ble- I'd love to finish my career as a buck. I'd love to be one of those guys that only played with one, one team. Now, you know, he's also, because of the two contracts he signed already with the Bucks, he's never been in this position. You know, they've always sort of re-signed him before he made it to free agency. And even for a guy like Levante David, if you get this far, you kind of want to see, okay, well, you know what? Maybe something else is out there for me. I think he wants to be here, but 
he's also realistic enough to know that this team's not winning a Super Bowl, and he doesn't have too many more years left, right? This could be it for him. In fact, I when I talked to him, I sat down with him back in August. We were in Nashville for a preseason game, and I, I sat for about a half hour. I got the feeling that he felt this would be his last year because, you know, he's played a lot, and he has a new daughter now, and he has other priorities, obviously, when you become a, a first-time father. Uh, and, and he's thinking the right things, you know, about you know what, what the toll this game has on you uh, as a professional football player. And now, you know, he's, he is committed to playing at least another year. I, again, I think it, he wants it to be here. But the Bucks will have to, you know, be competitive. And, and, and when guys make it to free agency, the one thing, you know, if, you, if, if there's a disagreement about value – then this tells you what the value is. Not that you shop other offers, because that's not really fair to the teams that are talking to you. But, you know, if, if Team A and Team B are willing to give you, I don't know, for him, you know, $12.5 million a year, uh, and the Bucks say, eh, we'll give you 9 or 10 you know, then maybe it is a difference. But you got to factor in state income tax. you got to factor, you know, if it's just money. And I don't think it'll come down just to money. Although he could be surprised what's out there for him. Um, but, you know, this is a guy that grew up in Miami. I don't know the Dolphins' needs, but let's let's say the Miami Dolphins came calling. And that's a really good football team where he's from. Like, you just don't know who's out there. Derek Brooks kind of faced this, but in a different way. Um, the Bucks gave up on Derek Brooks. You know, they, they actually cut Derek Brooks, which is un, unheard of, right? And that's when Mark Dominic came in in 2009. And Derek was at the end of the line for him for his you know his play it started to decline a little bit, um, but he was a Hall of Fame player. There's no question about it. And so he had to decide because he got an opportunity to go to New Orleans um, when he you know when he was released, and he really thought about it. And the Saints were good, and you know he was in his mid 30s, and um, but back time, back then the money isn't what it is today, and I. I think I want to say that, you know, he could have made three and a half, four million dollars or whatever playing in New Orleans. But I talked to him about it and he's like, Look, Rick, I mean, I could have gone there. It would have cost me, I don't know, a million or so to, you know, to try to live in another city or have, you know, two two households. Uh probably wouldn't gonna wasn't gonna move my entire family probably to New Orleans just for one season. So I've been going back and forth and you know, the lifestyle part of it and the expense. Because by the time I would have done all that, I, you know, I wouldn't have made much money. You know, it, it would have been more than break even. But, um, and, and you don't always play for the money when, when these guys have played as long as they have. But the grass isn't always greener either, you know. And so, you know, I, I really do believe Levante when he says he'd like to be one of those guys that played his entire career for the Bucks. But he's going to look around and he has every right to do so. And, you know, the the Bucks. The thing is, they really do need him back because there's nobody on the roster. We know Devin White had that thing, you know, a couple of days ago was kind of flighty about, you know, made it sound like this, you know, he had already played his last game here, and it's like, no, I'm looking forward to the season. But outside of him, there's not any real inside linebackers hanging out that's going to replace Levante David right now. Um, so I think that you know they, again, they've made it clear to his agent that. Uh, and to Levante that, you know, look, we want you back. Um, but he will make it to free agency, as will, I think, all their free agents. And it's going to be inevitable that they lose some guys, and, and there may be more players cut as well. 
So this is going to be a painful, you know, sort of process for for Bucks fans, especially when it comes to somebody as iconic as Levante David. I mean, you know, he he's in the Ring of Honor as soon as you know his career ends. I mean, that's that's inevitable. And I don't think you know people ask about the Hall of Fame and stuff like that. I don't think he has you know some of the markers that that Hall of Fame players have now statistically with the number of tackles and big plays he's made and years he's played sure um but they look at pro bowls and he was always kind of screwed with that because of the category you know he he was in there at, you know along with guys that were edge rushers that were really defensive linemen for years and years his teams didn't win you know until really Bruce Arians got here and you know, now that he's won a Super Bowl, he got some some notice then at the end of his career. But I don't think he's going to Canton. You know, that remains to be seen. But you talk about one of the most iconic players in the game, um, for the Buccaneers. I mean, that's that's Levante David, and, and he's just a, a tremendous leader and a good guy to boot. And um, so you wish him well, whatever happens to him. But I know Bucks fans are going to be very nervous uh, until Levante comes back and signs with the Buccaneers. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, so we got some mailbag questions to finish the week up here, Steve. We can get started with those. All right, we'll start with Robbie, who says, The way the NFL allows contract manipulations to push all the money back and end up in cap hell hurts the quality of play. Of course, teams do it so they can win a Super Bowl. But if the rules were different, teams would still win Super Bowls, but no team would end up having to field a team of XFL rejects just because they can't pay anyone. This degrades the level of competition and the quality of games goes down. Is any Buccaneer or Rams fans excited about next season? No. And that should never happen. Yeah, but that was, you know, never. I don't, I don't know. I, here's here's the thing about that. Let's say um, it's not a perfect system for sure, you know, this is collectively bargained with the players, right? So the league in and of itself doesn't decide this. These are, this is what the players union and, and the league has negotiated this system. And, you know, the, the, the gist of it is, is that they're partners, you know, they, they, they're not a 50, 50 split, but closer to 50, 50 than, than any other sports league. And so, you know, they use what's called designated gross revenues to decide what the salary cap is every year. And yes, you can borrow from future years by adding voidable years, but that money accelerates, you know, when those players are gone. Uh, and that's how you get the addition to the salary cap. But every year the salary cap um, goes up because the revenues go up. And as partners, you know, next year it'll probably be worth $20 million more million. You know, this year it's 224.8 uh, is, is the max you can spend on player costs. And most teams get there, uh, if not exceed it. And so there's a lot of counting involved and a lot of that. As far as the Rams in particular and the Bucks, you know, listen, the whole object of playing the game, if you're in this business, is to win a Super Bowl. Um, it's great if you have a perennial playoff team, 
you know, Tony Dungy and others have always thought, you know, we want to be that team every year that people talk about as, you know, has a chance to win. Right now, the team that's doing the best job of that is Kansas City. You know, I mean, Kansas City has been, you know, to the Super Bowl three of the last four years. And they've won, I think they've been in the AFC Championship five years in a row. Now, they have a Hall of Fame quarterback that's still young and in his prime and Patrick Mahomes, and so that helps. But not many teams, you know, have that piece that they can just build around him. You know, they, they lose key players um, and they just replenish him. But he's so good that he's able to go out there and win. Um, and so, you know, in the case of the Bucks, I mean, they had a bunch of young guys that were really, really good. They were a quarterback away and maybe Gronkowski and maybe Antonio Brown. You know, there were certain players, obviously, that they brought in here that were the final pieces. But the big piece was Brady. But if they hadn't built a team that that attracted a Tom Brady, then he wouldn't have chosen, you know, Tampa Bay. Um, the Rams were close. They went to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. They lost to the Patriots and Tom Brady. And they felt they were a quarterback away. And they made the big trade for Matthew Stafford. And then they went all in and, and used draft picks for uh, acquiring, you know, players like Vaughn Miller and such. Um, and Odell Beckham Jr. But they won a Super Bowl. And neither organization will look back on it and go, wow, if we just hadn't gone all in to win the Lombardi Trophy. No, that's the ride you want to always try to take your fans on. And when you get there, you want to win it. So uh, they, they accomplished that. Is is there going to be some harder years as a result of that? Yeah, there is. I mean, that, but you know what? The NFL has this sort of cycle of life anyway. Um, and it all starts really with the quarterback, you know. You, you can sustain these ebbs um, if, if you've got the right guy. You know, the Rams, Matthew Stafford got hurt. Um, he's coming back. They've been shopping him, allegedly, reportedly. Um, and no one's going to take him because he has $57 million, uh guaranteed in his contract left. Uh, and at his age and, and, you know, the problems with his arm a year ago, um, he's, you know, sort of untradeable. So they're going to have to continue to, you know, to take their medicine. But every year... There's a draft, and if they haven't, you know, in the case of the Rams, they gave up so many draft picks. You know what? The the Bucks did not. You know, they they've they've got a full allotment, and they picked up two compensatory picks as well, a fifth rounder and a seventh rounder for losing Jordan Whitehead and also losing OJ Howard in free agency a year ago. So um they've got to just continue to hit hit the draft like they did with Tristan Wirfs and um, you know, some Antoine Winfield Jr. in that draft. I mean that's what Jason Light needs to do. Uh, and if he does that, you know, you'll replenish some of those veterans that are going to move on or have moved on or you've released. I mean, this team was together for a long time. You know, Donovan Smith, who they released, was entering his ninth season. He came in with Jameis Winston, which is hard to believe that even Jameis Winston is going into his ninth season. Um, but that's, you know, that that's more than a career for almost every NFL player. And, you know, so... You just got to kind of understand the cycle of it. And, and and believe me, you can talk to everybody over there. And I think most fans, too. I mean, the last three years, man, you know, two division titles, um, you know, three home playoff games, a Super Bowl, Lombardi Trophy. You know, it, I mean, there's, there's nothing that – and the most relevant team probably in the NFL because you had Tom Brady. And, and if you have Tom Brady, especially at his age – why wouldn't you do everything to try to help you win right now? Uh, and that's what they did. And I th- and I know that everybody at One Buck would do it again. And I think deep down, you know, fans 
understand where where this team is at. And look, there's some enjoyment that I think fans and certainly the front office and people over there can take from putting this thing back together again. You know, from they're not starting from total scratch. There's a lot of good football players still on this team. And believe me, guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, they don't want to spend two or three years not winning. You know, like they actually think that they have a chance to win. You know, I know Derek Carr went to the Saints, and for that reason I think they're going to be the favorites. I think Carolina still has a good football team. Um, we'll see what Atlanta does, you know, at their quarterback position. But, you know, 9-8 and eight won it a year – or 8-9 and nine won it a year ago. Um, so who's to say how many wins you need to, you know, to take the NFC South again? That's the challenge. The challenge is, you know, get in there, find some good players, um, make some deals in the draft, you know, get some, maybe pick up some extra picks, uh, and, and, you know, get guys that you're going to have for four and five years, just like the ones that are hitting free agency now. So, um, I, it's just the cycle of the NFL and I don't think the play is, you know, XFL or any of this stuff. These are all NFL players and everybody is good. And, you know, it comes down really to the quarterback. It's a coach quarterback league, you know, and we'll see if Todd Bowles can make it without a quarterback. He had Brady in his final year, we think, and he wasn't able to win, but, you know, eight games. He did win a division title, but he won eight games. And so, you know, now he's got to prove that he can do it with a contrast or whoever they bring in here. So part of the process, man. All right, Ryan emailed you. He said, did Rich Eisen follow through with his word and treat you to dinner at the Combine? Did you also hear similar rumors that Rich reported about Tom Brady to the Dolphins? You know, he did follow through. We do, we were trying to have a, a beer together, I think, or, or a mix, an adult beverage, but that didn't work out. He came in, I think, from L.A. at night, and I was only there, well, I was supposed to be there a couple days, thanks to American Airlines. I was there an extra day. Um, because they had a flight canceled on me, but, um, uh, you know, Rich is great. Uh, you know, he's been, uh, I've known him for a long time, well before Tom Brady got here, but obviously when Brady did come and the Bucks were so relevant, I just did a ton of his shows and really enjoyed my conversations with him every time. And so he's like, look, man, I, I really serious. I want to, I want to meet you for, you know, whatever you want. You know, it's, um, it's on me or whatever. So, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're going to break bread somewhere. We did, that didn't happen, but, um, he was there. I want to say it was probably Wednesday afternoon and, um, came by the media center, whatever we went and had, uh, went and had a nice, I went and had a nice tea, went to the Marriott. There's a Starbucks there. We sat and talked for, you know, maybe 45 minutes or so. Uh, and then he had to go. Um, but you know, and we talked about Brady, but as far as the Brady, like, rumors or whatever. Right? I mean, I think what Rich was doing was he was just saying, hey, these aren't hard news. You know, he had like five items and he was like, this is just stuff I heard, right? This is just talk, right? The buzz or whatever. Um, and you know, one of them was, you know, Philip Rivers had contacted the 49ers when they got into, uh, you know, the quarterback quandary after Garoppolo got hurt. And he, he was willing to come back and play if somebody needed him. That was one of those things I heard, right? And then it's kind of taken off like wildfire because I, I think Rich was pretty clear about like, look, this is, I'm not reporting news here. Like this is not something that I know is happening or that I'm reporting is happening. Like, these are just five things, you know, that I heard while I was at the combine. And, you know, one of them was that maybe Brady isn't through. And listen, 
we've talked about this on the podcast. I mean, I think he, I think he believes at this point he is retired. But anytime you know you go into it and you say, number one, I want to play, which is what you've said. I know I can play, but it's time for me not to play. I mean, he's got a different family dynamic now. You know, he's divorced. Uh, he has custody situations with his with his kids now. Um, the, you know, his ex-wife Giselle lives in Miami with the children. So, you know, maybe he's not as move, you know, as flexible um, as he normally would have been when they were married, etc. I think if it weren't maybe for his personal situation, he, you know, he knows he can play. I think he would have played, and maybe he still will. It, it'll just take that situation. And for me, that would be my the perfect situation for him would be Miami. And and listen. The Dolphins, for all they're talking about, Tua uh, Tungabaloa, they have not picked up his fifth-year option yet, much less extended him uh, his contract. And we know three concussions a year ago, uh, if he were to have another one, you know, what would be the residual effect of that? And so, you know, it whether it – listen, I, I, I would say well, let's see how he feels in August, right, um, when the camps are opening up. I mean, right now it's the off season, and he's had many of those – but Tom Brady's going to stay in shape. Tom Brady's going to keep throwing the football. His son's a high school quarterback uh, up in New York. So it's not like he, he's going to just, you know, you know, go to pot and, you know, gain 60 pounds. I mean, that's just not who he is. And so he'll be ready to play. And, and I think what Tom's doing by not starting his Fox career, and, uh, you know, and waiting until 2024 to do that is, and this is who he is too, he's keeping his options open, man. That's why he sent in his retirement papers. It wasn't about, no, everybody can get off my back. I'm definitely retired. I've sent in my papers. I think what that was about is, you know what, come come next Wednesday, if a team wanted to call Tom Brady, he's a free agent, you know? He's not signing a post, you know, June 1st dummy deal, you know, to give the Bucks more cap room this year, which he absolutely could have done and helped them. You know, he's $35 million. It could have been 11, this, $11 million this year and, 24 million, you know, a year from now. But I think he'll I think he will always always listen and he has a year to do that. Um and and so we'll see, but um yeah, I mean Rich was Rich is great and he did you know, we did get to talk a little bit. Um and he he vowed to at least call me. <laughs> I don't know how often I'll be on his show if the Bucks aren't very good. Uh but he said he wouldn't forget about me down here in Tampa Bay. Uh, and we'll see if uh, if I can still stay on the Rich Eisen show. That's going to be a challenge, as will Dan Patrick, for that matter. So there'll be more news probably over the weekend. Uh, like I said, the Bucks have some more moves to make, whether it's restructuring, whether it's letting players go. So follow that in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. We mentioned the Lightning back-to-back games over the weekend against Chicago and Winnipeg, see if they can keep that point total uh, rising uh, as they were able to get one point at least in the overtime loss to Las Vegas. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great, great weekend, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.